and you're listening to the Practice Power Up Podcast with your host, Damian Adler. Damian, the co-founder of Power Diary and a clinical psychologist, will bring to you proven strategies on how to run and grow your practice. Happy listening. Welcome, everyone, to today's webinar. Today's webinar is What's New at Power Diary 2023? My name is Damien Adler. Uh, I'm a co-founder at Power Diary. Um, I'm a registered psychologist in Australia. Now, joining me today, my co-host, Claire, uh, with us. Uh, hi, Claire. Hi, Damien, and hi, everybody. So, uh, Claire, you have been with us uh for a long time with Power In fact, you are our first uh, customer support hire many, many years ago. <laughs> yes, it's uh, been nine years. Nine years. That's wow. over, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, and Claire, you're, for everyone's uh, benefit here to uh, understand a little bit about your role, right? So, uh, Claire, you started with us as customer support um, yep. and did that for quite a number of years um, and then went into data migration and you were in fact running our data migration uh, for a long time getting everyone's sort of data when they're moving from other systems um, in uh, so that you, you sort of doing those two roles meant you've got a really good insight into obviously power diary but also seeing the data come from all other sorts of all the other competing systems out there you would see that data so you did that for a long time and then uh, why don't you tell us a, a bit about the role that you're in now so you are a product owner you want to maybe just very briefly explain to people what that role in, entails? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as a product owner, I basically work on um, creating the product vision. So in the product team, we're responsible for getting um, you know these new features and delights, um, new enhancements to the product out to all of our users. So um, we're always listening to user feedback and demands and and using that to inform what, what we build for the product, which we'll look at in today's presentation. Um, but yeah, we work very closely with all of the teams in Power Diary, especially the customer support team to listen to, you know, what our users are asking for, um, as well as our engineering teams we work with very closely to actually build these products. Um, yeah, yeah so it's a very involved, involved role. <laughs> it um, is. And I think yeah. um, uh, you sort of really sit as a hub in the middle, don't you, between all the, all the different sorts of yeah. departments and, and get all that sort of information and look at building out the roadmap and, you know, right down to working out what goes in each feature and what goes in, what gets left out. Um, and how exactly. Gets, yeah, how it gets rolled yeah. out. So, um, so I'm very excited to have you. This, I think no one that knows Paradari better than you and uh, <laughs> now you've been this, uh, the product uh, owner role now for uh, some time now as well. So you're all, all over this and a uh, perfect person to have to uh, co-host today's webinar, which is going to be all about um, the uh, features of what we've put out um, so far. And now you'll have to excuse my voice. Uh, we're talking a little bit just before we went on. Uh, I've got a bit of a cold, uh, so I'm, I'm fine. But if I sound a little bit off, that's all that's going on. It's absolutely fine. Okay, let's dive in. Um, and we're going to look at um, so far. So it's a bit of a catch up for people. We do do um, some webinars and some other things um, and some uh, podcasts and stuff to sort of show as we go. But this is a bit of a catch up to look at some of the key things. So Let's jump into some of these highlights and we're going to go to client diagnostic codes or diagnosis codes. Um, can you tell us, what, what can you tell us about what this is and how it works? 
Yeah, um, so our client diagnosis codes, we, we built this mainly um, to allow users to be able to record client diagnosis in the system, but especially for our users in the US, um, there's a strong need to be able to record the client's diagnosis and have that on their invoices or their super bills, um, which are like statements, and to use that for insurance claiming. So this is very important for that functionality. Um, what, what we have with this is that there is a preloaded list of ICD-10 codes in the system. Um, I think there's over 70,000. So you're able to go in and use those um, to record the diagnosis in your client's profiles. But you also have the flexibility here to set up your own um, client diagnosis codes and code types, such as DSM-5, for example, would be um, applicable for many of our users. Uh, and then you can use these codes as I've shown on the super bill. Mm -hmm. um, so it shows at the top there in a table um, and we can have multiple diagnoses attached to a single invoice or on a super bill. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the treatment right is related to, you know, particular treatment items might be related to particular diag um, diagnostic um, exactly. um, yeah. Yeah, or diagnoses. So it's for insurance purposes, that all needs to be contained on that yeah, bill. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was sort of yeah. a, a bit of a, I think a bit of a weak spot in the system prior as well, didn't it? Because we didn't really have a centralized place um, to keep for people to record diagnosis and maybe how that changes over, over time as well. Um, so I think there's sort of, you know, it's good feedback that we're getting from people around that. And then of course the US uh, need, you know, uh, made it clear that really we needed to needed to build it and build it in a way that you can use it. Look, we've got a lot to get through, so we will yeah. uh, we won't linger on too long on any one, but some will go in a little bit deeper dive. So communications, we've made a few changes right here. Uh, yes. what, what can you tell us about this? Okay, so the first one here is a one we've recently got out, which is uploading the signature for users. When we're looking at a user's profile, there's now a section to upload a signature. Um, so this can be one that you draw by hand and, and take a screenshot of or upload it, um, or you can put in a type signature and upload it as well. Um, it accepts any image file. Mm -hmm. um, and then this signature can then be used on any email or letter template that has a particular merge field called user's signature. Um, so the way that this works is when you manually create an email or a letter, it's going to automatically merge in your signature if you have one uploaded. Yeah. Um, so this means it's particularly useful for multi-practitioner clinics that um, may have a shared email or letter template that needs a signature. Um, so rather than having to have a, a separate sort of template for each practitioner, you can just have the one um, and then when that practitioner uses you know, the email or letter, um, and creates that communication, it'll merge their signature in automatically. Um, so, yeah. And so you configure that. Um, this is configured by the user themselves, right? So they go log in and then on the top right-hand side of the screen, they can they can click a little button there to get into their user profile and um, upload it from there. So it's something that's yeah. done by the user, right, rather than the admin person. Um, exactly right, yeah. yeah. So it's within their control and they're the only one that can go in and access and upload and um, yeah, edit, edit their signature. Yeah, that's that's good. And then that way too, it means that the person generating the letter, uh, the user that's logged in, that's a signature that's going to be merged on there. So from a sort of safety security point of view, someone else can't merge that signature um, into, uh, uh, exactly into right. a letter accidentally or you know, hopefully no one will do it on purpose, but uh, it does provide that, uh, provide that. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. good. Now, well, the next one we've got here is a, um, a preview option for letter templates. So yeah. how does that work? Yeah. So what we were doing here is aiming to more closely align the look of the letter template um, with what you see in, 
in when you're viewing a PDF. So I will, sorry, just to preface that we did um, change the width of the letter template. Um, so we, we narrowed it a bit more so that it does more closely align to the look when you do print it or generate it as a PDF. And to also help with that, we have this preview option. So we added the button to preview and save. So um, when you click that, it'll save your template with your latest progress, but it also brings up a preview that you can see what that letter template will look like when it is generated as a, as a PDF document. Yeah. So um, it just helps you to see like what the sizing will look like and, and just help with that editing process um, rather than having to sort of jump out and open up a client's profile. So it makes it all a bit more smoother. Yeah, and that was the feedback we were getting, wasn't it? That people would that edit it in one part of the system, the template, and then when they go to use it, maybe in a client profile and they're generating a letter and they're like, oh, it doesn't quite look like what I wanted it to. And yeah. they're sort of doing it in two different spots. So Exactly. Yeah, there's a bit of fiddling. So it uh, takes that out and it all happens in the one page now. Yeah, perfect. And then we also have uh, thinking about collecting um, the client's time zone on forms. Yeah. Um, so what does that do and why do we need yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's more than just collecting the time zone, but um, it's a very fundamental aspect of this. So uh, what, what, what we're doing here is we've added a section on the client profile, which we can see in the screenshot to the left there, where we can record that client's time zone. But uh, um, we can also pick that up on our online form. So you can add a field to um, collect the client's time zone, which they can enter on that form. Um, or if they're a new client registering through our client portal, it'll also automatically pick up their time zone from their device and, and save that to their client profile. Mm -hmm. um, the reason we're doing this is because um, for many of our practitioners, especially if you're taking on like telehealth clients, your client might not necessarily be in the same time zone as you. So when you're sending out reminders to your clients that have um, you know, an appointment time, um, that, that time might not mean the same thing to them as it does to you. Yep. So, if the client is in a different time zone to the business, um, which you set up in your account settings, um, then it does actually merge in the client's uh, actual appointment time in their time zone, as well as the uh, standard time zone. So in, in this example, we have AEST, um, but this will be unique to the client's time zone. Um, so it means that they're seeing a time that is valid for them and they can understand when it is and reduce, <laughs> reduce no-shows or confusion about when the actual appointment time is. So when a reminder goes out, if there's a time zone set for the, the client, yep. uh, then that's going to merge and, and show them the appointment in their local time. Is that? Is exactly, that? yes. So rather than using like the time in the business's yeah. time zone, it uses that client's time zone. Yeah. 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 And that's sort of, it's sort of something we got more feedback on as telehealth um, uptake has been greater and greater over time, wasn't it? But in particular, anyway, that, yeah. that's because they'd get it in their time zone that was the practice's time zone. And then there's a risk that they, you know, up at a long time or you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it definitely um, made the need great us so yeah. yeah and we also have uh i think you know with um more people providing services across like uh borders as well like we get mm. more of that as well where they could be completely different you know time zone a different country even um to where they're providing services so uh yeah. it, you know, it does much better now cater for um for, for all those different sort of scenarios that have emerged very good. Um, anything else for communications? Uh, so we've got the signatures, we've got the preview, we've got the fact that time zone is now included and used for um, for reminder times. Anything else yep. you want to talk about there? That's all for now. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, yep. let's jump on to the next one. So we're looking at 48-hour restore for deleted clients. Okay, so let's yep. uh, walk us through this. What was the need and what were 
what's the scenario that led to us uh, yes. uh, needing to or deciding <laughs> to put this in? Yeah, so unfortunately, we did have some cases where some profiles of clients were deleted, um, and that does mean a permanent deletion of the data. Um, now, so when you say cases. deleted, deleted by, not by Power.io, but this is Not by, by us, no, no. <laughs> no, right. no, no, we did not delete the client <laughs> yes. profiles. But, um... Make it clear for everyone out there that, um, so that we didn't delete, but so a user, yeah. like it would happen, right, that users would accidentally delete a profile and yeah. there was a mechanism or there still is a mechanism to prevent just quick click like they literally type in delete right yes yes that's yeah. right so they have to um, type in delete in all capitals we have a lot of information there but unfortunately it does happen like you might have two profiles by the same name you meant to delete the new profile but you accidentally deleted the one with years of history in it which is a terrible situation yeah. um, and we definitely don't want our users to go through that so to help with this, we've added another layer here. So once you do click delete and you type in delete to do the confirmation, we actually have a 48 hour buffer here in place now. So it gives you 48 hours um, where if you do realize you've deleted the wrong client profile or you do need any information for whatever reason, um, you can go in and restore them. <laughs> so before that data is permanently deleted. Um, so the way it's handled is when you do delete it, we actually flag them similar to how we treat an archives profile in the system. So you, you might know for an archived client profile, when you search for them in the main search, um, they won't show. But if you do go to the advanced search, you can filter to um, search for clients. In this case, they'll be called flagged for deletion. Um, and you can still find the client profile that way. And coming into this admin page that we see on the screen here, um, you'll see an option to restore them. And that will bring uh, back the client and their related content. Is that right? Like the yeah, it'll be instantaneous, um, and it just means that they won't be scheduled for deletion anymore. So you'll be able to interact with them as usual. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think the other thing for us to comment on here is why the forty-eight hour window. Like, like why not leave it indefinite? Um, so the reason behind that is because we legally um, people need to be able to delete data from the system, right? And um, under different jurisdictions as well, there are, um, you know, there are requirements if someone requests their data to be removed from the system, um, that practitioners need to comply with that. And there's also under the Record Keepings Acts in the US, Australia, UK, Canada, that there's all, they all have um, guidelines around how long you should keep clinical records and at what point you can sort of delete them because you don't want to, it's a bad data sort of uh, management practice to keep your data you don't need or not required to keep um, indefinitely, right? So we do need to delete things permanently from the system when people say, I want this deleted. Um, and that's where the 48-hour window comes in because it is going to be deleted and permanently deleted and removed from the system, but it just provides enough of a buffer that if someone does do something accidentally, they have the capacity to go in and restore it. Um, and uh, like you say, it prevents, you know, that can be quite difficult if someone has deleted stuff that's important and uh, this makes life easier. Absolutely. Very good. Okay, let's jump into telehealth because I know there's been a whole bunch of stuff here uh, and this is telehealth uh, plus that uh, we are talking about here. Okay, where do we start with this, Claire? What would you like to, uh, <laughs> let's take it from the top. So yeah, what, what is, yeah. yeah. There's a lot to talk about with telehealth, um, but yeah, basically like the essential need that we had here was that a lot of people are asking for a way to facilitate telehealth calls with more than two um, participants. So that includes the practitioner and the person, um, you know, the, the client that you're having the call with. 
Um, so this can be like couples counselling, maybe if you need a family in on a call, or it could also be if you're just running group classes, for example. Um, the need to have more than two people, you know, can, can arise in a variety of situations. So to facilitate that, we had a look at how we could do so, and um, that brought us to our Telehealth Plus. Um, what we're using here does allow us to have multiple participants in a call. Um, but we've also been able to add a bunch of other really cool <laughs> features to telehealth here. So um, what we can see in the screen here is when I open up my telehealth call, it does open up in a separate tab, which is also a really awesome um, aspect of our telehealth plus. Um, you can have a much wider view here. So uh, when it does open up in this separate tab, um, as the practitioner, I see this joining screen where I can put in my name. Um, we can't see that just here, but I can put in my name. Um, I can copy a link for the client if they do need it, but it will go out in a message like it'll be merged um, prior to that. Um, but I can also click on settings here. And this, this view that we see in the screenshot here is when I'm doing these settings. So we do actually have the option to add a virtual background um, or we can blur the background here. Um, so as you can see, I've got a nice office background um, set there. Uh, we can also pick up the video um, input and the microphone input as well and test out our, our speaker and our microphone. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so once we've set that and we hop into the call, we've obviously got a lot more features. But in terms of the, I think we talk about that in the next oh, screenshot. Here we go. <laughs> You're right on it. Um, this is a view of what the participant would see. So when they join that link that, um, as I said, it get, you can, um, if you have Telehealth Plus enabled for an appointment, um, then it does automatically merge this link in if you have that, I think it's client telehealth URL merge field. So um, if that's using your message, the client just clicks on the link and they'll be they'll be brought to this screen here. Um, so the client here can put in their name, which is important if you have multiple participants joining, you do need to know who's who. Um, so they put in their name and they also just see a confirmation of who the appointment's with and the date and time of the appointment. Um, just important if they may have multiple appointments um, and <laughs> you just want to make sure they're joining the right call. Um, and they also can click on settings to choose a virtual background or blur and they can um, just make sure that their video and uh, microphone are working as well. And they can change cameras and whatnot too, can't they, from that? Um, yes. Makes it a lot easier to do, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, and um, then we go <laughs> to within, a, uh, within the call now. Yes, yep, so this is a call with two participants. Um, and in this particular call, I have uh, speaker view happening. Um, so we can see that you as a participant are sort of in, in view here. Um, we've this is you got, as a practitioner, like operating yes. here. Yeah. So you're up <laughs> he is side. a practitioner, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so I want to focus as a practitioner. I want to see my client in detail, you know, so I can, you know, read their body language and get a good view of them. So, um, yeah, in that case, um, I've got, got the speaker view on you as a patient. Um, and we can also see here I've got the chat open to the right-hand side. So in this chat I have, as the practitioner, I've sent you an attachment. In this case, it's an activity schedule. Um, and I couldn't send you a message in, in uh, real life, so in uh, live. So um, I can send you a message, and this is really important if, you know, if your participant joins, for example, and they might be muted or if they're not that good with technology, their camera might be off or something, you can send them a message and just let them know, um, and they can also chat back. Perfect. Something else that's important to note here is the practitioner, we can see a, a time in the top right hand corner. So once you start the call, it actually starts counting the time for you, which is really important to be able to keep an eye on that and make sure that your, you know, your telehealth call um, stays within the limits of the appointment. 
And we also see the option down the bottom to share your screen as well. So you can, yeah, share and present to your, your clients or your um, participants. You could change the view. If you're doing a group appointment, you could change it to be speaker view and so forth so that whoever's speaking is the one that is shown right on the Yeah, on yeah, the, that's right. On the screen, yeah. It's great. So this is um, uh, called Telehealth Plus. Um, so in the system and using it, uh, we still have the original uh, telehealth that uh, everyone, you know, we've had that now for quite a number of years and works really well. Um, and that is still there and that is still um, free to use. With telehealth, Plus, um, adding these this sort of functionality and uh, and having group appointments actually, um, there's a cost overhead for us uh, to provide that. So there is um, a cost associated with using um, telehealth plus. But you can chop and change and use it just for the group appointments. You can use it for all. You can use it for none. It's completely um, you know optional. But something that we've had out now in beta for a little while. Uh, and now is out and it's been getting some uh, great, uh, well, the uses number, numbers are uh, extremely you know, high and lots of great feedback. So um, really good to kind of to have that uh, have that out there. And uh, particularly for, for practices that are doing lots and lots of different telehealth stuff or group work. Very good. Anything else you wanted to uh, mention about telehealth? Plus, before we move just on. yeah, just briefly, I will mention that it is you do get a unique link per appointment with Telehealth Plus. Mm -hmm. So it does mean that if you do want, um, you know, if, if you do have an appointment with a client and you want to add some other participants for one call, um, when you do send that link to them, it will change by the next appointment. So it just means that it is secure. So from appointment to appointment, um, yeah, that link with your client does remain secure. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So that. Uh, yeah, if someone had a link, if you had a regular appointment with one-on-one -on -one and then you did a telehealth plus call because you were going to have maybe parents or someone else involved, um, that's going to create a unique link that only works for that group telehealth plus session. After that, that link is gone um, yeah. and they can't access the session again with that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good, good point. Thanks for remembering that. <laughs> Very good. Okay, let's uh, jump on to it. Um, this uh, default service for group appointments. And uh, yes. yeah, so what's what was the need for this uh, change here? Yeah, um, the, the need here was to actually be able to pay for group appointments, really. Um, as we see on the screen here, we've got a screenshot of our client portal. Um, so we had a lot of interest, understandably so, for clients to be able to pay for their group appointments when they're booking online through the portal. Um, but to be able to pay for something, we need to know what the price is. And to do that, we needed to know the service. Um, so the first step to do that was to be able to facilitate uh, selecting a default service for our group appointments. So this actually happens within um, as a user. So when you create an appointment or if you're editing it, you can select a default service. Uh, and the way that this works is once that default service has been selected and saved for that group, any participant you add as the user um, or any participant that books in through the client portal will then have an invoice created based on that default service. Um, and it then also picks up the associated price. Um, so using that, uh, clients can then now pay for their group appointments um, based on that amount set for the default service. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now, just to note on this one, you can, we have added the option to enable this. So you do need to be connected to Stripe. So we're using our Stripe integration to pay for these appointments um, through the client portal. Um, and there is an option where you can make it either optional um, or required to make a payment for the group appointments, or you can disable it if it's not applicable for your um, type of practice. Yeah, okay. 
So if people, uh, yeah, if, if perhaps maybe people might have uh, pre-sold a bunch of sessions or something for group appointments and they can just jump on and book without having to pay each time, they can do that just fine. But you don't, they don't have to have, enforce this payment option. Um, exactly yeah. right yeah but, uh, yeah the feedback was i think you know people yeah, they were like ah, oh, we want to collect you know the payment <laughs> for it i guess particularly for a group too because you have a whole group of people turn up for a class or something it's probably the scenario where you don't want to be processing you know, <laughs> exactly. 10 different transactions at the end of that so you know i guess, yeah. I guess essentially plugging a bit of a hole there like in in functionality that we were hearing from users that you know we uh, that they really wanted this. So um, no, that's absolutely great. yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, anything else on that before we jump to the next? Work smarter, not harder. Power Diary, the complete practice management system for allied health professionals. Our all-in-one system with over a hundred powerful features for health practitioners includes appointment scheduling, client messaging, soap notes, telehealth portal, payment integrations, and much, much more. Let Power Diary streamline and simplify your day-to-day operations so you can take care of clients. Join a live demo or start a free trial today. Learn more at www.powerdiary.com. Um, just briefly, that it can be used as well to take um, deposits. So if you don't want to take uh, full, um, the full fee of the yeah the service, you can take a deposit amount as well. So, yeah. yeah awesome. I guess as a reminder, people can do that for any um, client portal uh, booking as well. You have the option, right, of defining, you know, to take a uh, deposit yeah. on, the, on the thing. So yeah. that functionality extends into group appointments as well. Yeah. Very good. Okay, let's look at waitlist updates. We've had a whole lot of uh, action here, right? So we'd had the previous waitlist for quite a while, uh, and I think you were you you I mean what part of your regular role, um, regular job is sort of collating feedback, right? And <laughs> we had a lot of requests, didn't we? For <laughs> We did. We had a lot, and there was a real fundamental need then to, you know, people had growing wait lists, and they just really needed a way to more efficiently manage their wait lists. So, based on all of that feedback, we went through it and we gave our wait list a bit of an update, um, a bit of a facelift as well. So, we updated the UI while while we were there, <laughs> but it has got a lot of new functionalities. But I'm going to run through a few of the new things we added. We added the tags. So these waitlist tags are customizable tags that you can apply to a client on the waitlist. It can be none, one, or many. Um, and these are particularly important for flagging, like if it's a new client, my example there is they have flexible time, so they might be able to do, you know, if you call them, they might be able to do any time. Um, but you can use this in any way that works for your practice. So that's the beauty of it. And it really helps with being able to manage the people on here. If you, let's say, a practice had um, uh like a contractual arrangement for an EAP, for instance, they're providing um, services to a company for their employees and maybe they have some requirement to see them within two weeks or something or a week of their first. So you could go in here, practice and set up a tag saying EAP um, or a priority um, and you could tag the person with that, right? And then you could yeah. see that content and filter, you know, to see the thing that's relevant based on that yeah. tag. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So by clicking on more filters, um, there is a filter there to filter by tags. So you can, yeah, in, in that particular case, if there is like a priority client, um, you can filter by priority and, and prioritize them accordingly. So yeah, perfect. yeah, 
definitely helps with those cases. But yeah, the flexibility is the, the power here. Yep. Something else that we can see is we have added a few new columns, which we actually can't see in this screenshot, but we have added, we've got the location, um, the date of birth of the client. We've expanded out the notes. Um, previously, this showed as a little icon next to the available um, days and times where you could hover and view. It still does, but we have added it as a separate column. So if those notes contain some really important information, um, you know, in your use case, maybe expanding that they are an EAP client and this is when we need to see them by, um, you can see that immediately and have that um, in the waitlist grid there. Um, and we've also added the waiting sense date. So these are all new columns and we see an option in the bottom left there to select columns. So you can control which ones actually show in the grid according to what's important to you. We've got the export to CSV. So this is also really important for managing the list. Some people have hundreds of people on their wait lists. They wanted to be able to export that and to be able to manage it or you know work through it and call people, whatever it may be. Yeah, you do have the option to export it as well. Bottom right hand corner, we have accounts as well of the total clients. Um, so if you if you land on the wait list, there's no filters applied, you'll see everybody that's waiting. But if you do use any of our filters and we have yeah, searching by a client name, which we've also added, um, filtering by practitioner, location, you can filter by day or time um, and also by tags. And when you do filter, it'll update that count as well. So mm -hmm. you can get a sense of how many people are waiting for particular days or times or anything like that. That's also very important to have. Very good. And finally, here we've got this um, send SMS, which we had before as well, but now because you can filter better, we're finding that by using these other functions, people can filter their target groups that they might want to message out to. So if there's a appointment availability that comes up, people can you know filter to the clients they want to offer that to and can um, select those and send an SMS out to those um, to those clients. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you can select all or you can select some of the clients in the results there to send an SMS, as you said. And you can also now remove in bulk. Previously, we just had the option to remove one by one, but using that multi-select, you can remove many people as well at the same time. This is really helpful as well. You know, there may be some really important intake information if they're a new client um, on the wait list. So rather than having to copy that out and paste it in, you know, their client profile before removing them, you can now just tick this box when you're removing them from the wait list yeah. and it create that, creates a note for you automatically in their client profile. So it's a really awesome enhancement there. Definitely. And it means, like you say, that important information isn't lost, you know, because people yeah. often, they're adding the wait list and they're on their phone, they're, you know, they're recording the notes about something, but like you say, it needs to be yeah. kind of recorded. And if that disappears, that's not so good. So it's had a, uh, it's had a major overhaul, really, this... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's more to it. But <laughs> as I said, I encourage you to hop in there and have a look. Um, it's it's really powerful now. And we've also added it to the header so you can more easily access it if you're in the calendar. So it's definitely more powerful and um, yeah. yeah, helps yeah. to manage your waitlist. Yeah. yeah. And since we've put this out now, the requests around waitlist have like dropped dramatically. <laughs> so it used yeah, to be yeah. Yeah. a really yeah. good sign. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, we're still listening to feedback, but yeah, um, we've done a good job here, I think, um, yeah, in terms of tackling a lot of a lot of demands that we had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very good. Okay, let's jump into linked fields for forms. So for the first one, we've added a linked profile field to collect the client's insurance details. Um, so this is really important if you're like intaking a new client or if you're just getting updated details from clients. Their insur insurance details are, of course, very important um, to be able to facilitate claiming. Um, so just sort of to give a broader picture first. So 
a, yep. um, a form might be, so a form is something that people would create or they can use one of our templates. They might send it out to the patient ahead of an appointment or it might be throughout if they're collecting feedback or collecting outcome measures. Um, yep. But in this case, we're looking at, you know, collecting that information off, off on intake. So there's a whole bunch of fields. And then a linked profile field means that the data they enter on that form will then get populated into the field in the profile. Do yes. I have that, have that yeah. down, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, um, so when we're adding things like insurance, so we are getting the insurance information the patient enters, and where does that land in the system? Where, where does that come through? Yeah. So in the client's profile, there is a tab under the billing section for insurance where yep. you'll see this populated. Um, and very good context there, Damien, very important to note. <laughs> um, but yes, it does It does um, allow you to catch that information from the client without you having to actually get it from them, you know, either over the phone or in person or something and type it in yourself. So it's automating that that population process. So um, when you're setting... Yeah. As I said before that, wasn't it? They, it, would, it would come in, people would have a field that would say insurance, but it would just be like a text field in the form, right? So when it... They'd have to go in and copy and paste it out of that form and then enter yeah. it in, yeah, which is clunky. yeah, 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 and 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 we're able to do it for you. So now we are, <laughs> um, yeah. But on when you're setting up the form, and if you do choose this um, insurance linked profile field, you can choose to record the um, insurance for a particular insurer. Um, so for in Australia, for example, we might have Medicare and DBA. Um, in the US, for example, you might have Medicaid or, um, you know, private health insurers as well. So you might want to target a particular one or you might um, just leave it open and allow the client to select their own insurer that they want to add their number for. The client just sees the name of the insurance and then the option to put in their insurance number. And then the other one here is around uploading client files. How does this work? Yeah. Yeah, this one's also a really important one to have. So uh, again, when you're setting up your form templates, you'll see now a section to capture the um, client file upload. Um, So once you have added that to your form and you send it off to your clients, they'll see what we see here to the right. Um, They'll see a section to um, upload um, one or many files. And you can add a heading to that to sort of, you know, if there's a particular document that you want them to upload, such as a referral document, um, or anything else, um, you can direct them of what you want them to upload here. Yeah, so they once they have uploaded it, they can't click on it to view it, um, just for security reasons. They can just see the name here and they can delete it. But this will then be uploaded with the form in that client's profile. So it really helps to streamline that that process of getting information to you. Yeah, and they might have had uh, test results or, like you said, referrals, or they might have x-rays or various things, right, that they want to it's helpful to collect prior to that first appointment. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And doing so in a, in a secure channel as well. So it goes directly through to Powder without having to use, you know, an unsecure channel. So yeah, wanted to be able to collect that straight into Powder. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Let's move on to notes. So we've got a bunch of uh, things here, right? <laughs> what have we done to notes? So the tough one we have here is to be able to add your signature as the practitioner. So again, when you're setting up your note template, you now have the option to add a field for the signature. Um, And then this, yeah, this means that you can type in your e-signature to the note. So adding the signature is very important for, in particular regions, this is mandatory for you to sign off your notes. Um, and also if you have a supervisee and you need to you know, review their note and sign it off, um, it's also really important to have that. So it covers those needs. 
Mm -hmm. We've added a user permission to allow users to unlock their own notes. So previously, only the master user, which is typically the person that created the Powder account, um, or it might be like the practice manager, they would be the only people that could unlock any notes in the system just for security. So a locked note is one that is, so we have a draft status where you can edit it. And then once you save it as completed, that is counted as locked. So you can't open it as a user and unlock it and um, keep editing it. So we did have a need to allow people to give this permission to some of their users, where if it is enabled, the user can unlock notes that they have written um, and it will only be notes that they wrote while logged in as their username. So um, it does allow them, um, yeah, to go in and unlock the note for further editing. Yeah, so if they accidentally clicked, you know, complete and locked it, yeah. they have option. And when it is unlocked, incidentally, there's a log of that too, right? Like, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a log um, on the uh, actual note that you can, you can see as well. So yeah, yeah um, with a timestamp. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, lastly, we have the expanding and collapsing of notes and forms. Um, this one yeah, was a really powerful um, little enhancement that um, previously when you came onto the note or forms page of the client profile, you saw the heading that we see here, but also the, the whole note content or form content. Um, these can get really long, <laughs> especially if it's an intake form. You know, some of those are massive and, you know, rightly so. There's a lot of information to collect, but it would mean that you'd need to scroll through, you know, a, a quite a long way to, to go through and find like maybe last week's note or, you know, a very early note here, which is just the heading of the note uh, and the, the date of the note as well. So um, it really helps to be able to find, you know, previous, a previous note a lot easier <laughs> or yeah. form. Yeah. And, uh, and I think particularly for... Yeah, patients have a lot of like a long history and lots of appointments. The benefit of this feature becomes more and more evident. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to, uh, yeah. Very good. So uh, there's a quality of life improvement there, uh, Australian um, customers. So uh, if we're talking about uh, for our US um, customers, when we're talking about Medicare, I'm not talking about the US Medicare in this context. Um, but what uh, what have we made a change to here, Claire? For Australian users using Medicare or DVA, um, we have an integration with um, Medicare and DVA to allow you to um, yeah, lodge claims and then receive payments. Um, so currently, uh, previously the process was when you submitted a bulk bill or DVA and you waited that 24 hours, you would go into the claim or on the Medicare dashboard, you would run um, the payment status report which basically fetches the payment information from Medicare or DVA to find out if the claims have been paid. What this feature here does is it automates that process for you. So when you do go into the Medicare dashboard and you click um, yeah, fetch uh, the payment status report, it does receive the payment confirmation for any of these claims. The system then goes in and allocates that payment for you. So there could be multiple if you do it weekly, daily, um, you know, it, it goes in and it does that whole batch for you. So. It takes a lot of time um, for you, which is really awesome. It could be literally, there could be hundreds, right? Like yeah. uh, of <laughs> for practices that do a lot of uh, either DVA or bulk billing, and they would have to go in one by one, and yes, that's paid, and then manually update the invoice. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So we're really excited to get this one out just to save to save our users time, which we love doing. So this, yeah, automates that whole process for you. And on the new Medicare settings page we added, you can enable it either just for bulk bills or DVA claims on their own. Um, and you can also choose the payment status that is used for the payments that are allocated. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, and then once that's on, as we see in the screenshot to the right here, it, we when we're looking at the Medicare dashboard, we can see if these settings are enabled so that we know that when we do fetch that report that it is going to allocate payments or not. Yeah. And so if someone particularly likes manually going through it and doing it, <laughs> and they just, it's their favourite part awesome. of their week, <laughs> manually, they can still, they can turn it off, Brian, and they can do it manually. So Absolutely. We're, not, we're not enforcing that everyone uses this. But uh, yes, it certainly does, <laughs> does save an awful lot of time. And uh, I think another one that we've received a lot of uh, positive feedback and just great, like you said, save people time and uh, yeah. keeps, everyone, keeps everyone happy and doing things that they enjoy <laughs> more. Okay, pronouns. Walk us through this one because this has been something uh, I know we've spent uh, a lot of time you know, working with the community and uh, identifying yeah. the right way to kind of um, implement this. Um, so in a, in a nutshell, what, what does this new update allow us to do? Okay, so previously we just had a single gender identity, oh, sorry, a gender field on the client profile. Um, this didn't accommodate to being able to record the client's sex, their biological sex and their gender identity, as well as their preferred, or their pr pronoun set that they, they use. Um, so what this feature allows you to do is to record these different pieces of information on the client profile. So you can record their sex, um, their gender identity, their pronouns, as well as some uh, identity notes, um, which we can see in the example here. It may be if they have two sets of pronouns that they do um, use or anything else that you'd like to see there, you can record. Um, yeah, so this, this information allows you um, to collect actual important information about your clients or these new fields, I should say. Um, and you can you can see that sort of when you're viewing the mega menu as we see in this screenshot here, which is when you click on the client's name, it opens up this mega menu. So if you're looking at their appointment, for example, you can open this up and you here can see their pronouns um, and also their identity notes. So you have the information of how to correctly um, identify and address them, which is really important. Mm. Um, and we've also uh, added some new merge fields for the pronouns. So different um, sort of forms of pronouns. Um, we have added merge fields for those into the communications. The, the important thing about these to note is that they are customizable. So you can customize the, the list of gender identities, um, sex, and also their pronouns. Um, so you can use this in a way that works for your, your client base. On your online forms, when you're sending these out to clients, um, you can choose to add these um, and collect this information from your clients, which will populate their client profile. Yeah, perfect. And so really it's from start to finish, from collecting information on client forms, storing everything correctly in the um, client profile, showing that at the calendar screen, so with that sort of quick reference to make sure that we um, handle that right and we know the preferences and then all the way through to communication templates right the way those merge fields work that when you're generating correspondence with the updated merge fields it will utilize the right pronoun the right references for that particular um, client so yeah. at, at each part of it um, the you know it's sort of uh, looking at what is the information that it needs and merges that or makes it available to the user so something that's been on our agenda for a little while to, to get right and get in. And it was great to, that's one of the things out earlier this year. So uh, that yeah. well done. That's yeah. very, very good. Okay, now yeah. we will um, we'll look at a little bit, we, we won't give away everything, but just a couple of, <laughs> we know people always like a little bit of a sneak peek <laughs> or a hint as to what's coming next. So we actually have a public roadmap uh, now for, which sort of covers some of our key things, but 
what uh, what can you tell us, uh, Claire, that might be on its way? Okay. <laughs> um, so a big one that is on its way that people will already see under their setup menu is the resources section. So we have already released the increment where people, um, everybody can go in and set up their resources. Um, what's coming soon is the ability to use those. So, <laughs> what's a I don't want to give. Let's, let's take a yeah, step yeah. So, what if we're thinking about a resource? What what would be a scenario where people might want to manage resources? Yeah, great question. The main use case here is to be able to use um, yeah rooms. So right. okay. to be able to assign yeah to first of all set up the different rooms that you have if it's in you know one location or many. Um, it's really important that you, you're, you know, managing those resources appropriately to prevent double bookings. You, you know, you can't have two people conducting a session in the same room at the same time. So um, rooms is the biggest one here, but it could also be equipment. So if you have certain pieces of equipment that you need to book out for an appointment, you can use these. Um, yeah, same as rooms, but they're resources as well and they can be, um, yeah, booked for the appointment as well. Very good. And yeah. we are there'll be there's some parts of that live now right so this is yes. uh literally uh we've been rolling out the last couple of weeks the first stages of this but very soon they'll actually the last piece will come out where you've been able to configure it for about a week or two so you'll be able to um yeah book and manage the resources for your appointments um okay. so that'll be coming in the next few weeks which we're really excited about so definitely keep your eyes peeled um and you know look out for our if you're not already on our users group on on um, facebook or on our other social media sites definitely join them and keep an eye out for our emails and on our roadmap because yeah we'll, we'll have an update on that soon very good yeah uh, so what we're covering off today um it's kind of like a big what we've covered today there's sort of like the headline some of the bigger features right but we've done a whole bunch of smaller things uh, that is this too many to go through in in a webinar that we want to keep under an hour. But um, yeah, there, there's so much that we've done this year, um, and I'd say also look at our release notes. We're constantly, um, you know, there's many things that we're doing each month. Um, they might be really small, but they do make you know do make a difference. Um, so yeah, we're always working working on doing the little things. There's yeah. lots there, <laughs> yeah. and we, yeah. we do have. Um, different uh, sort of behind the scenes we look at and we classify things in, you know, that we'll have some larger projects that are um, like headline projects that we're working on, but then we'll also have a constant stream of some of the smaller things that we're working on as well. So that we don't have, sometimes there's small tweaks that we can make that makes an improvement to the usability and it's responding to feedback. Um, and we have it set up in a way that that doesn't have to wait for one of the big projects to be done. We have multiple teams working at all times, the changes constantly coming out that are improving things. And of course, the bigger ones that we've sort of touched on today. And that's just so far, we have we have kind of some cool stuff coming out. Yeah, <laughs> Very <please>. good. <laughs> yeah, where should people go uh, for um, help? What's the best way for people to get hold of this? Yeah, um, talking about just another update in the in the system that we've had recently is um, on our help menu. If you're logged into Powder, you can click on help here, and this does give you the option to either open up our live chat. Um, so if you click on get help, that'll open up a little modal where you can um, have a live chat with our our team, um, or view some knowledge base articles here. Um, you can also open up our knowledge base, um, which goes through articles about how the system works or view our system status there. But as always, you can email our support team, um, our lovely team for help or if you have any questions. We have the option to book a one-on-one -on -one call. So that can be a yeah, video or phone um, where you 
yeah, you can go through any particular questions and yeah, get a demo of how the system works. And yeah, as I said, visit our knowledge base. We work hard on keeping that up to date. And yeah, we've got all the information there on how to use the system. Yeah. And also, I think uh, another thing that's not technically part of features, but just from a support point of view, over the last one to two years, we've expanded the availability of our support team because we've got support team members based in each of the main countries that we um, operate. So we've got you know, people local in Australia and UK and Europe and um, in the uh, US as well. And so um, the, you know, if you're working late at night in, in uh, the US, you can contact one of our uh, UK or, or Australian support team members might help you if it's outside of the normal US business hours. Same for Australia, like they cover each of the regions and, and overlap. Um, so meaning that this 24-hour, um, seven-day-a-week almost uh, support, we have uh, sometimes a couple of little patches on a weekend where we have the system being monitored, of course, but there might be a little bit of a, a uh, more of a, de a delay, but nearly 24-7 um, that we've got that support sort of coverage um, there. So uh, you know, definitely reach out and one of our team members would be definitely happy to to help. So Claire, thank you very much for joining. No, um, it's my pleasure. Um, we'll have a lot more to talk about as well. There's a lot of exciting features coming. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Practice Power Up podcast with Damien Adler. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Your feedback is important. 